0: Hey guys, Dustin Bones, and welcome to the Guns and Radio Podcast. And today, well, we've got another collection for you, a very big collection, so I'm not going to be talking on here very long. Uh, but we're still not ready to record new episodes just yet. But don't worry, because we will be back with a brand new episode. I probably believe it's going to be sometime later this week, actually, so we're not going to make you wait. As soon as we are able to sit down and record, we are going to sit down and record, and we're just going to publish it, so you won't have to wait too long, hopefully. So we're going to have that for you in just a little bit, but first this week just to get your just to get your fix on monday so we don't miss our deadline we've got this jam-packed episode where we're playing you every single review that we've ever done from appetite for destruction that includes our first review ever welcome to the jungle and i believe that one's up first so let's go ahead and get started thank you for your patience and thank you for listening guys i promise you we'll be back real soon with some brand new content Go ahead and get started. Uh, what we're going to be using, if you want to listen along with us or watch along with what we're seeing, go check out the Welcome to the Jungle music video on the Guns N' Roses Vivo. That's what we're going to be kind of taking a look at here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're gonna we're, we're not just going to dissect the video, though. We're going to dissect the song. So I'm just going to try not to look at it just too much, but mm-hmm. we may talk about some of the things we see in the video. Because it's got a very, uh, a very 80s story. It's basically a poison fallen angel. It's basically mm. the same music video.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, Raxel runs into the homeless guy. Yeah. And then it's just like him being desensitized to everything, which is really its an interesting visual for sure.
0: Yeah, it is. It's an interesting story how he becomes part of it by the end.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of like what the whole song really was about. It was from right. like the, some one homeless guy is like, do you know where you are? <laughs> you in the jungle, baby.
0: Right, right. It definitely is. And, uh, this was, uh, their first, uh, this was their first single, wasn't it? This was definitely the first music video.
1: The first music video for sure. It was actually the second single. I was doing my research. It's so easy. was the first single off. Oh,
0: okay. Was, uh, now I know it wasn't sweet child though. The first one to go number one.
1: Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, I think that was the first. Cause this peaked at, I think number seven on the high one hundred.
0: Okay. But didn't, yeah. it, did it not, uh, this is how the story, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the way I understand the story. Uh, MTV would not play GNR yeah um or we're not played this music video and mm-hmm. finally they agreed to play it at like what four in the morning on a sunday or some shit
1: yeah i have it here's uh david geffen made a deal they played it one time 5 a.m on a sunday and then they got numerous calls saying play that again and like it just came into the rotation
0: and that's how it happened <laughs> yeah all right so let's get started let's see what all the hype's about chris I forgot farm boy axle right here at the front, by the way.
1: Yes. Oh, good old Indiana Axel.
0: <laughs> he comes out. Oh, yeah. Chewing on a piece of, what is that, wheat, I guess?
1: Yeah, like corn <laughs> wheat or something. I was like, oh, jeez.
0: That is the most southern stereotype you can have. And you know what's bad? I'm from the south, and I have seen that before. But it's usually a guy wearing overalls. He should have came out in like a straw hat and some overalls, like this redneck Axel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would have been Perfect.
0: <laughs> there's this there's a bluegrass video that's made out just like this except he gets off the bus holding a banjo instead <laughs> of a <the> briefcase
1: <laughs> perfect film that shit
0: <laughs> right 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 all right here we go but you know i think he's still wearing eyeliner how weird is that the 80s were um, a strange time
1: good old guyliner man <laughs> never feels to amaze
0: Okay, so you know when they play it live, that opening riff, the da-na-na-na-na-na, that part? Yeah, and like
1: Echo Zone and everything?
0: Yeah. That has got to be the hardest damn thing to play on guitar. Have you ever heard people try to cover that and nobody? Like, they could get the whole damn song perfect, but that one part right at the open, I've never heard anybody else do that, right, that wasn't on the GNR stage. And even then, other people kind of played it differently. Yeah. But have you ever noticed, like, you hear like a cover band or something? And it just sounds like, a, it sounds like they're trying but failing. I don't know how to describe it.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, here and there. It, it's it's definitely something that's, like, it's interesting. Cause it's a nice, like, those few notes, like, basically grab your attention and all that. But it is very, like, something tough to play. I even tried covering this stuff because I play guitar, like, here and there or whatever. Uh-huh. And it is definitely, like, it's, an, it's, a, it's interesting to get a hold of that, you know.
0: Oh, that's nice. I didn't know you played so that's cool. So then you could tell us about the arrangements and things, because that's another rumor I've heard about this about this, uh, this song, is that the arrangements are kind of uh, out of the ordinary.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's like a lot of Guns N' Roses songs. It's nothing like, <laughs> there are not like 4-4 four, four beats, they're like all over the place.
0: So they just basically do whatever the hell they want, and somehow it just comes together and works.
1: Yeah, the genesis of GNR is basically just giving a big middle finger to everyone and anything.
0: <laughs> Let's go back in. I want to say that scream in the beginning... I don't think it took me a while to hear that. Mm-hmm. Have you, did, 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 do you know what I'm talking about? Like at the beginning, where Axel's like, but it's like it's like mixed down.
1: Yeah, it's like, like mixed like, into. The, it's really mixed well into the track.
0: Yeah, so it doesn't stand out like like it does when he's live. And He's like, you're gonna die. You know, he doesn't. Yeah, and out.
1: you hear him do like the little, like the, It's like he's like growling almost live. It's like weird. Yeah, which just adds in the intensity.
0: Oh yeah. Good build-up, good build-up. And then we get the explosion with the drums there. And then I interrupted it, because that's how
2: we (laughs) roll. (laughs)
0: Wait one second so i'm noticing in the video slash has his top hat by the point that i guess this was actually filmed so we're seeing hmm. a lot of gnr live here have you seen the video from the live show that they, they were actually playing a live show do you remember where this was was this at the Roxy or or the it was
1: somewhere in la i think i don't know where i forget where but it was definitely like on the sunset strip somewhere
0: it's bad, I now, See, that's going to be me getting my ass handed to me yeah. on the forums and shit now for, for not <laughs> knowing
1: that. I was going to say, if anyone knows that, man, you can send us send us a message, send us a tweet. Like,
0: Yeah, we will read your tweets in a future episode. Most of yes. them. Yes. <laughs> we'll get, try to. <laughs> we're going to get so many uh, kill yourself. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, man, you. welcome. It's 2019 <laughs> in the internet. That's the real fucking jungle here.
0: Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the jungles if all of the fucking parrots and all of the animals just went by. I was like, kill yourself.
1: Yeah, man. Hashtag cancel culture, buddy. It's fucking crazy (laughs) out here. Alright, play.
0: Okay, so I wonder if the footage in the video that they use of uh, the cops beating people up and shit if that's like actual cops beating people up footage,
1: I would say so for sure. I think so.
0: Think they had the budget to recreate it <laughs> yet?
1: That then, no. This is probably built on like a shoestring budget. I'd be surprised. It was probably like a hundred grand to make this video.
0: <laughs> Most likely. Didn't they get a. Have you heard the story about when they first got signed and Axel got mad because uh, the bank wouldn't let him open up a, a bank account under the name Axel Rose? Really? Yeah, so apparently, uh, I don't remember where I heard this from, and it may not be true at all, but I heard that uh, Axel was mad that the uh, rec- uh, bank wouldn't let him open up a bank account under the name Axel Rose. So uh, what he did, because he hadn't legally changed it yet, so what he did was uh, he walked around L.A. Uh, in the streets. They were practically homeless, so they spent a lot of time on the streets. Uh, with like a yeah. hundred grand or something like that, like maybe twenty or thirty thousand dollars in his sock or something.
1: Interesting. Well, I don't think Axel Rose was even his like legal name at that time. They don't know if he changed it or not.
0: No, hasn't he changed it a couple of times?
1: I think he's now W. Axl Rose, I believe.
0: Yeah, good to know. Yeah, good to know. <laughs> Have you noticed? Uh, how long did it take? Uh, do you think, or I don't know, I sure wasn't alive. But uh, do you know about how long it took for this to become a football mainstay, or was it just an instant hit like that from the get go? Because it fits so um, well.
1: No, well, the thing with Appetite though, like it didn't like hit like number one instantly. It didn't sell like that much for like a good year. Then like the video started coming in and all that stuff. Yeah. And then took I think it a while. went. Yeah, it took him a good year, I think it was. To
0: actually and so, put out a video.
1: I say to answer that question, like, when it became, like, a huge football thing, probably, like, ten years later after this.
0: Hmm. See, that's my disadvantage, because I don't really, really watch football and stuff. But I remember oh. going to school, and, hmm. uh, you know, the band would be playing. Because uh, back, you know, when you go to, like, high school shit they always have the high school band playing rather than most of the time rather than playing music over the speaker in between plays and shit yeah they have the band playing and stuff And uh, I remember they would play Welcome to the Jungle and they would play Iron Man and uh uh oh god what was his name the guy that went to jail for child porn, child porn guy
2: (laughs) oh fuck
0: oh man if I hadn't been trying to think of it, but it's that boom, boom 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 hey boom boom boom, boom, boom Gary Glitter
1: Oh uh, yeah Oh fucking jock jams
0: <laughs> I know, man That's going to be a that's going to be a review sometime. We'll review jock jams in the future when we run that's out of shit to do.
1: That's a bonus episode for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned everybody. Share the shit out of this episode so that we'll be more encouraged to set up a Patreon and give you more content. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back in. You know, everybody has huge hair in this video, and I know that wasn't a main look for the Guns and Roses. Mm-hmm. Band at that time, but it was in music. But they didn't really uh, stick with it after this video, because I, I guess because of the success of this one. Because remember, they didn't release it so easy till like what 2018.
1: Until yeah, till the, the the box set came out. Yeah, so last year. Been,
0: was that 16 then? Maybe.
1: No, no, it was last year. the The box, the Appetite, uh, locked and loaded, all the box that stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was last year.
0: It was last year. Okay, so that was yeah. so it was 2018 then.
1: Yeah, so it was over a little over thirty years.
0: Yeah, okay. Do you remember uh, when we heard about the It's So Easy for the first time with Sebastian Bach talking about it? He kind of teased it. Really? Now, all I remember saying: "See, say, uh, Axel said he wouldn't release it because he thought it was corny, and then it was a radio. It was uh, Axel was on a radio show with Sebastian Bach. I guess it was Eddie Trunk. Mm-hmm. All those years ago. And, oh, it was uh, six, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Like yeah, because I was, was one, in yeah. town, and because uh, so Sebastian was the guest. And yeah, Axel and Chris was
1: Jericho was there too. I remember. Yeah,
0: yeah, Jericho was there, and uh, it was like, dude, you want me to call him? I'll call him, and he's like, yeah, I'm on my way. So he came up to the station, and um, they talked about it, and uh, yeah, he said he wouldn't release it because it was corny and or cheesy, and mm-hmm. uh, Sebastian was like, yeah, man, but it's the good kind of cheesy.
1: <laughs> that's such a Bach response though
0: <laughs> rock and roll man yeah we kind of talked about this off the air uh, the other day when we were kind of having a conversation but uh, Sebastian Bach I think if, if God forbid anything ever happens to Axel, mm. uh, I think Sebastian is the only guy that could take the reins and yeah. continue so everybody else could keep making money with the name of this band
1: yeah, him getting fired from Skid Row was probably one of the worst things to happen in rock music in the last yeah. twenty years. It was yeah. stupid.
0: What did he do, do you know? I don't I don't know. Him. The
1: rumor was like he tried to get Skid Row to like open for KISS or whatever. And I guess the rest of the band was like, nah. We don't <laughs> want to and he's like, Are you fucking stupid? It's fucking <laughs> <is> kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and this they're like You're out. <laughs> Especially on their comeback tour. This is for the Psycho Circus, the comeback tour? Oh, oh. okay. Yeah, it was like 96.
0: Wow. Yeah, that is stupid. <laughs>
1: that is that fucking That is the stupid.
0: very definition of stupid. I
1: don't know. That's what rumor has. There's probably 20 different sides to the story, but we'll never fucking well, like,
0: you know. I, I, I just want to be clear here on the podcast. I don't know any of the sides of that story.
1: Yeah. So
0: <laughs> I'm asking legitimately. He's yeah,
1: that's just, just from what I've read, so.
0: Well, that's good to know. And man, Izzy looks so young in this video.
1: Dude, they he all do.
0: He hasn't really changed that much, though. Like, I mean, yeah, he looks older, but... And uh, he looks more healthy now than he did back then.
1: Yeah, Izzy, they're, they're just fucking getting drunk and doing all sorts of shit here, man.
0: <laughs> I wonder what he does. I wonder how they get in touch with him. Because, like, Izzy oh. is notoriously... Reclusive. Probably by snail mail. <laughs> they write him a letter.
1: Yeah, they have to probably like ride by like horse and go to his ranch or whatever the hell he fucking lives now. <laughs> so live he's not living in the boonies.
0: You gotta climb the mountain. <laughs> it's like in the old kung fu movies where you gotta climb the mountain to get to the guru to teach you and train you in the ways of the martial art that you need to learn to defeat the bad guy and save the princess.
1: Yeah, it's like every wild wild west movie, like talking like clutinies with shit there's like oh there's a big fort you have to go through with, like all these people
0: <laughs> and then you get there like, and he's not home you pick
1: him up yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh he left already when you came in <laughs> <laughs> saw you on so, a mile back
0: axel sends fernando every time
1: <laughs> <laughs> screw that he'll probably send beta Better.
0: No, no, dude. If he sent Beta, that, that those fuckers would be dead, and there would be a path. Pl- <laughs> there would be a concrete <laughs> path laid out straight to it. Because <laughs> I feel like she would go in guns a blazing. Because Beta seems like the kind of person that gets shit done.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: I believe because think about it, dude. She can wrangle Axel, <laughs> and we all know, you know, how his temper can be. and... Yeah. You know, she can be like, hey, <laughs> comment, yeah. you cut that shit out. Then, you know, I feel like, but she's so loving and stuff like that at the same time. So maybe yeah. she uses that mother, that like strict mom balance to, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, she it. saved Axel from the 90s.
0: <laughs> ah, know, dude. And we lost so many. Oh, yeah. I gotta, yeah. Uh, we got to give a shout out. Uh, we lost daddy Money this week.
1: Oh, shit. yeah. All right, P, man.
0: Yeah, so, so a moment of silence for Eddie Money. All right, now we're back to the back in the game. Now that I've killed the vibe with that sad, sad thing, let's see if we can bring it back up with some uh, with some rock and roll. Jungle. Kick-Ass guitaring from Slash, I must say. As always. Whose version of the guitar solos from Appetite do you like better? Slash, Buckethead, Bumblefoot. Who else we got? Um, was his name? It wasn't Brain, was it Josh?
1: No, Josh was on drugs. I'm thinking of Robin Fink.
0: Robin Fink, yeah. And yeah, sure. DJ Ashba.
1: Nah, fuck DJ Ashba.
0: <laughs> why does everybody hate on DJ? I don't understand that. I don't
1: know. Like, why do you come up with a top hat whose band was had a signature guy, a guitarist, wore a fucking top hat as well?
0: Yeah, you think that was his.
1: his like, it big just kind spin. of baffles me. Yeah, it's like, bro, don't fucking try and copy Slash.
0: Oh. Uh, I got that, but I mean. Yeah. For those guys for a lot, with a lot of fans, even Buckethead. With a lot of guys, there was no winning in that
1: scenario. Yeah, but I feel like Buckethead was probably, like, the best person to replace Lash because he's just fucking insane.
0: Yeah, and he was completely different, too.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, just hearing the stories of the, the demo- Chinese Democracy recording sessions oh is fucking God. something else. Oh, <laughs> my
0: God. First off, I would have... Ne- I don't care how good your guitar in is, <laughs> I would never put up with some of the shit that they put up with. Do you think Axel's bad? He didn't build a fucking chicken coop in the the goddamn studio with dog shit in it. Axel's bad. Oh, yeah. And then sit around watching hardcore porn in it.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Between sets. That is the most fucked up shit. That's almost the, the that's the second most fucking weirdest rock and roll story I've scenario I've ever heard. The first one is Gigi Allen throwing his shit at people. <laughs> like, that, that is worse. But then actually a yeah. guy. I mean, because that because the reason that's worse is because that gives people like you and me the opportunity to get swept up into this bullshit too.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, what <laughs> if we're just you know walking through a club, you know, and like, oh hey look, there's Gigi Allen, he's gonna be playing there. No, this might be. Let's go. Cool. I like punk rock. Gigi Allen, we'll go check that out. All right, this might be fun. And then all of a sudden, wow, what the fuck? We're getting we're getting shit hurled at us. Yeah. <laughs> and,
2: <clears throat> yeah.
1: Jeez. But there's another like buckethead story from the recording sessions there was like it was like a few days like after 9-11 happened and they're showing like uh sort of like like the aftermath whatever and then there was apparently a kfc that got like attacked somewhere like i don't know if it was in the states like overseas they're showing something but a kfc getting attacked on the news and buckethead's like fuck this i'm out of here i'm joining the army and fuck. nothing got recorded that day <laughs> <laughs> don't attack the man's fucking chickens <laughs>
2: God.
0: I don't think I've heard that one yet actually.
1: Yeah, there was in, like some article. I think they're interviewing like Zootot when he was like on the project.
0: Man, could you imagine these guys? They've worked with all these great bands over the years. Normally when somebody gets to work with them, they're grateful that they're getting to work with these guys.
1: Oh yeah, totally.
0: Now you've got Buckethead coming in refuse like i understand refusing to work after 9 11 taking a little bit of a break you know getting yeah. your head back together you know yeah getting calmed out because that was a hard day for everybody i know i'm a little yeah. older than you
1: no i was still around when that happened so
0: <laughs> i was around yeah
1: i was there i was a youngin but i was there i still remember
0: um i was old enough to i, w- I was in high school right so I get yeah. it, you know, I get, you know, everybody's nervous, everybody shook up, it shook up everybody. Absolutely. And then, you know, you might have to calm down, but then that think about that, that isn't what does it. <laughs> the tower thousands of people, thousands of people dying. No, no, but then a KFC gets blown up or something.
1: We're going to war
0: <laughs> and I'm joining the army. <laughs>
1: Motherfucker Love This KFC. What can I say
0: I don't think The (laughs) army Would have put up With a chicken coop Full of dog shit
1: (laughs) Yeah And they got so pissed The best was He got pissed They took it out Because it stuck up The whole Fucking building (laughs) I like that smell You're fucked
0: (laughs) You're fucking stupid Alright let's get back On track now (laughs) I just want to point out that I think it's ironic that right there in the music video, as we were talking about Buckethead in the Army, we saw some Army footage. I'm just going to throw that yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that worked out. I've got another question. I'm noticing Axel's wearing skin tight leather pants in this signature move of the '80s. I've never worn any myself, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to finish that
1: thought. <laughs> no, ahead, bad. Fuck it.
0: Okay, so you know how it's always hot in LA, right? Yeah. Like it's always like kind of a summery temperature. I mm. can be walking around outside in in fall temperatures where it's like 70 degrees, maybe uh yeah. between maybe 60, 65. And then you know mm. like if you if you if you walk around like you go to a festival, you wear shorts. You don't wear jeans cuz what happens if you wear jeans to a festival? You're getting chafed as fuck, right?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Now, Jeans don't have a lot of airflow in them, but they got to have more than those leather fucking spandex skin tight goddamn pants.
2: Yeah, fuck.
0: <laughs> so all I can think about right now when I see cuz Axel runs and does like he puts a lot of energy out in one of his songs or in the performance.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, doing any live performance, I think. All I can in the the think 90s about. Though.
0: Swamp ass from hell.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> swamp ass and fucking major dick sweat.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, uh. that's why you have people to clean out, to clean your laundry. Yeah. After. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why, you know what, this is the first one, so I think maybe he learned a lesson after this, because I not you know, after this he was wearing those little bitty short shorts for so long. <laughs> Maybe that's fine oh yeah you wouldn't
1: come out with any fucking pants <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, he's
2: wearing wearing like, like oh, here's a, a bulletproof kilt?
1: Vest. yeah as a kill it was like a bulletproof vest and like boxer briefs. I'm like what this is <laughs> I was like is this guns and roses or like the chippendale's all Male review we're just like fucking fuck clothes
0: <laughs> but see dude that's what we've done here we've we, we, we've come up with something here we we've, <laughs> we've made an insight that nobody else has made yet. I think we may have discovered something here. I think we may have figured out why Axel went through the shorty short kilt stage. Just saying.
1: Yeah. Fucking chafe, man. <laughs> fucking chafe. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say his chafe was probably as bad as the fucking uh, you no know, red orange hair there.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's gold. Cool. That's why he's got the cane.
1: That's why he wears hats now. <laughs> You can't see that shit. Ugh. Gross.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna leave that in the end.
1: <laughs> you gotta, man. Roll credit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <fucking done>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try to compose myself and we'll continue the song. <laughs> Before we get to this next part, there's a scene in the music video here where Axel's in a hotel with, like, two Mm -hmm. or three girls, and he's watching TV. Yeah. Have you ever seen a documentary called The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, where they're talking about, like, LA's heavy metal scene in the 80s with, like, KISS and GNR and, uh, I guess, crew and everybody?
1: I have not, actually.
0: There's a scene where uh, they're interviewing Paul Stanley, and uh, well, there's several scenes, but like, because it's a documentary, so they, you know, they 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 interviewed everybody, and then they splice it all together. Mm-hmm. And every time you see Paul Stanley's scenes, he's laying in the bed. It's shot from uh, the camera's like above the bed, and he's looking up, and then he's laying in the bed. You know, I guess presumably naked with like uh, three women in the bed with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course they're all, I mean they ain't butt ass naked, they're in bras and shit, but he's got all these women in the bed in him. And then you hear him saying stuff like, you see the thing about rock and roll is that it just brings (laughs) it just brings everybody together. And you see, that's what I like about the rock and roll music.
1: (laughs) Spot on Paul Stanley person there, by the way. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thank you. And then it's like, bro, you're not fooling anybody <laughs> right
2: now.
1: <laughs> Another thing to point out here, too, especially with this video, I just saw, like, there's a think there's a continuity error. There's, like, one shot where, like, Axel's singing, he's got a shirt on, then it goes from, like, behind, where he's, like, in front of the crowd, like, kneeling, and he's, like, shirt's off, then it goes back to him having a shirt on. I, I was like, Uh, eh.
0: I did notice that, but I also noticed uh, the microphone cover that he's using yeah. uh, keeps uh, appearing and disappearing.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think I saw like one time it was like red, and then one time it's like white. I think, I or is it the notice same? That. I didn't know. Or no, no, that. no, no. It's just the same color. I'm just looking back through. I'll no, look. It, I think the lighting made it look a little different. Now it goes. Or it maybe was.
0: it is the lighting. Because it's a it's argument an yeah, set anyway, but to me yeah. it looked like it was disappearing altogether. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll keep an eye on that as we no. move forward into one of the more highly anticipated sections of the song.
1: Yeah, it's the last minute and bit of the song here.
0: You ever heard a cover band fail at that part? What's that? Have you ever heard when a cover band sings this and they fail at that part?
1: Uh not no I haven't actually, but I bet you a lot of them probably do.
0: <laughs> I've heard Axel kinda I wouldn't say fail, but uh when you okay, I need to put in context. I've seen a mm. lot of shows. And and, and sometimes they're not all going to be the best. You know what I'm saying? But that has got to suck when you're live and you you hit that and it doesn't come out like it's supposed to. Yeah. Like I believe it was, uh, but actually usually nails this song. I mean, not Mm -hmm. all the way through these days because, I mean, but you got to give him a break. He's like, what, 55, 56?
1: Yeah, like Summer is mid-50s for sure.
0: Yeah, and you can't sing like that for as long as he has. It's a wonder he can still talk.
1: Yeah, no way. I mean... That's true, yeah.
0: (laughs) It's a miracle, man. It's a miracle. Damn it. can't wait till those uh those uh appetite for destruction re-recordings leak
1: oh the 99 ones yeah oh Oh, i'm looking forward to it
0: because uh that that part in the song right there is going to be really nice with buckethead on it if the sweet child of mine solo that we got from the big daddy closing credits
1: oh yeah wasn't that robin fink though on that solo was it I think it was. I think it was Robin Fink doing that solo. Huh?
0: Cause
1: I think Buckethead was in the band at the time.
0: Oh, is Buckethead not in the '99 recordings?
1: I don't think. I don't think he was even. Was he even in the band in '99. I think he started in 2000.
0: Oh well, that's interesting. That, that actually makes it more interesting to me then, because at the same time, it's going to still have a little bit of that uh, typical rock and roll style yeah. that Robert brings in with it. mm Hmm. But that was, uh, but you know how like the sweet child, it's just a little different, you know. But it's mm-hmm. gonna be, it's gonna be really interesting to hear. I did not know that Buckethead wasn't in the band, and I thought, he yeah, was, I thought. Uh, but then they did. What did they do between what ninety four and ninety nine? I don't think they did well, shit.
1: Yeah, because I think well, they didn't do much with Slash and Duff. Slash left in ninety six. Duff left a year after. So okay. Chinese democracy really didn't start recording until, like, 97, 98, yeah, even 99, I think.
0: It doesn't take as long. Everybody's like, that took 14 years to record and shit like that. They really didn't start working on it
2: until...
1: took, like, a few years. It's just the the thing with, like, Chinese democracy was basically Axel's, you know, perfectionist thing. And him being told a million times from 20,000 fucking different producers, we need to re-record this, we need to add more shit to it. Only enough that delayed it. And then also the label didn't give a fuck they're basically sabotaging axel basically just they just wanted a fucking guns reunion they wanted to slash back
2: right, and they right.
1: obviously didn't see the vision that could have you know happened if they believed in you know the the product the whatever Axel was trying to you know release and record and all that
0: i, I completely agree with that because you see a lot of mm-hmm. times, even in movies and things like that where uh, the finished product can be completely ruined um mm-hmm because the uh, recording studio are acting like dickheads. Hmm. Well, I I guess in movies it wouldn't be a studio. It would be executives and dudes in suits, as I like to call them. Pretty much. That's the the overlaying
2: (laughs)
1: uh,
0: name for that villain. You've got stormtroopers, you've got the popo, and you've got dudes in suits.
1: You got fucking suits, man. Like, uh, I don't right. know if you've ever watched Honorage. You know, Billy Walsh calls everyone a fucking suit.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're really going to have fun with this because Dizzy wasn't in the band either. That's another thing about the Appetite recordings. Yeah. That people are forgetting. We're getting Dizzy on these for the first time.
1: Yeah, so you're getting more added, like, keyboards and pianos and shit. I think even... Yeah. Was Pittman there in 99?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, Pittman was there, so you're was... going to get a shit ton of like synths and stuff.
0: Well, I don't know if he was playing synths yet. Was he playing synths, or was he still on one of the guitars? Because if Buckethead wasn't there, it makes sense that he would have been on guitar still.
1: Pittman? No, because 99 it was... Oh, they still had... I'm trying to think. i trying to think. Who was in 99 lineup. So it was Axel, obviously. Robin Fink. That was when they still had Josh Freeze. He was still there for Summon 99. Um, Stinson was definitely there. Yeah. Uh, Dizzy Reed, obviously.
0: But in this live, he plays the congas. Do you think he's going to play the congas on the studio version?
1: Maybe, definitely. The
0: congas or the congos? I don't
1: know. Those fucking cong, the bongos, those fucking drums over there. Giant fucking
0: bongos, people. He plays percussion.
1: Chris Pippen in the studio was, like, good for a lot of things, but him fucking live, he's the most useless band member ever. Uh, um, Sorry, I don't know if you've seen the GIFs of him just, like, throwing a fucking towel around, it's hilarious. (laughs) Or him just, like, playing with a Morocco or some shit, I was like...
0: Yeah, (laughs) I'm trying to think of... Like, I see him there, (laughs) And I He's like there. Pittman. I really do. I want to point that out. I like him. I'm not going to throw any shade on him because I yeah. don't dislike him personally. No, but,
1: he contributed a lot to Chinese democracy. Like, really a lot like Madagascar, it. I think, was one of his okay. like, songs.
0: With the exception of Madagascar.
1: And I think Silkworms. I think he probably did Sins and stuff on that, too, I think.
0: I heard he helped write that, too.
1: Yeah. It I was like honest. him and Dizzy Reed, I think, wrote that.
0: I can't think of anything I ever heard like live and then being like, oh yeah, that's Pittman playing. Yeah, that's weird. I never thought about it before. He <laughs> is.
1: Yeah, probably a lot of his shit live. got cut. I think. Yeah.
0: Well, he does the uh, the November Rain, the violins and shit.
1: Oh yeah, probably like pre-programmed and stuff into there.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. does he play them on the keyboard?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's pre-programmed, like on the keyboard or whatever. Are oh, you it's like so? the the? madagascar intro like those french horns were like like guess like a preset on a keyboard
0: yeah but he also does the uh the, the 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 quotes like martin luther king and seven and all the movies and
1: yeah yeah he quotes that up so that's yeah
0: and shit so
1: mm-hmm.
0: do you think do you think see when you get to end of this electronic shit it's very easy to just put it on a laptop have it out of sight, <laughs> hit the space yeah. bar, and then fake like you're doing it on stage.
1: <laughs> well, listen, that? man, a lot of, a lot of like you know dance music DJs fucking do that. So I mean, hey, why not press play?
0: <laughs> I wonder how many times Chris Pittman came up to the show hungover and it's just like, man, I I just don't feel like playing the, that November <laughs> pressed, rain yeah. intro
1: press play and just fucking throw your hands in the air like you just don't care.
0: That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Like that time Nirvana had the lip sync and they got all pissed off about it.
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs)
1: jeez. that's interesting.
0: We've got the uh, Clockwork Orange visuals here where Axel's in the chair, and he's got his head strapped mm. in, and he's watching the TV and everything, yes yeah. he's, I guess, becoming an L.A. beast.
1: He's becoming fucking desensitized. That's right. Pretty much. It kind of reminds me of, like, the uh, Robot Chicken open. Oh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's just strapped the chicken in. It's like, here, you're going to watch some really bad shit. <laughs> Unless maybe they took inspiration from that for this. Maybe.
0: Too bad this isn't a visual show, because that would be a great th- <laughs> to side-by-side comparison. Yeah, comparing. I was going
1: to say, if anyone wants the side-by-side, you pull up the Welcome to the Jungle video around like the 350 mark, and pull right. up the Robot Chicken intro, put that shit side-by-side.
0: Boom, do your homework, people. We're not your mom. Yeah. We don't spoon-feed you everything on this damn show.
1: <laughs> we just provide, you know, chafe jokes and uh, actual <laughs> sw- swamp, swamp dicks. That's it. And then Team Brazil jokes. That's it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're gonna title this episode, Welcome to the Swamp Ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, perfect.
0: <laughs> Unrelated question. Does Swamp Thing get swamp ass? While you marinate on that, yes I use the word marinate grossly, I'm gonna <laughs> play the song. <laughs> I do want to say I think Steven Adler gets overlooked a little too much because you know we talk about everybody else we talk about Slash and Duff constantly and maybe it maybe he wasn't at his peak when we got to the illusion times when he got fired
1: oh yeah because he, he was on so much fucking smack
0: yeah he's a guy that did not survive the 80s
1: yeah I think he still has barely survived he just like sounds like he's decent live now with whatever but like he just sounds like fucked he sounds fucked up now
0: when he talks
1: yeah it's just like, right like wow. radical man yeah it's just like I, I think he has a bit of a lisp it's like weird
0: yeah uh i feel bad for steven and i do that hmm. happened to him but he was really a great drummer i mean yeah
1: he, this he was, wasn't bad
0: This is my scale of drumming. So when I say somebody's a really great drummer, this uh, is—I'm probably uh, really hurting my opinion here, as far as like what you think about it, like uh, my credibility, because this is my scale for a great drummer. As long as you're better than Lars Ulrich, uh, you're—it's great drummer. (laughs) That's uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah
1: yeah steven wasn't bad i just think like he kind of screwed himself over killing all heroin addiction and then like for talking shit about Ax and all these guys for 20 plus years it's like you're hurting your chances man shut up
0: yeah but can you blame him like i mean if he would have if he would have uh used his getting fired the right way now that can make a career yeah like I know it's it's hard to see at the time, but like when Stephen first got fired, the world's eyes were on him. If he would have put it down right then and mm-hmm. come up with another band, like the dude from Megadeth did, then,
1: oh yeah, like Dave Mustaine,
0: yeah, then he could have at least divided the audience, or
3: mm-hmm.
0: at least not maybe not divide them in like directly in two, like like. You know how Slash and Duff did when they did Velvet Revolver, but he could have at least took a chunk of them with him, and you know, still been able to make his 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 own money doing his own thing. Uh, I feel yeah, like and a still be like
1: successful. slightly relevant.
0: Yeah, he's still doing that though, isn't he? Still doing like uh, Adler's Appetite and
1: yeah, I think yeah, he's still doing like here and there, but he's gone through like twenty thousand fucking singers, so I don't know what's going on with that right now.
0: <laughs> Do you think if they said? If Frank, if Frank ever just like <coughs> up and left, and then they made the invitation, like Stephen come back full time, do you think he could handle the schedule at this point?
1: For some of it, yeah, but I don't think not all of it. No way. It I don't just at at his rate right now. I don't know, man. I don't think so.
0: I mean, it's still cool when he does come out, like when they introduce yeah. him. Like those little surprises, like when Izzy comes mm. out from time to time. That's always really oh crazy.
1: yeah. In 06, he did that a lot. Even like into 2010, Izzy would come out here and there.
0: Oh yeah, he came out uh, in 2014. Was it 14 or 13? No, I was thinking it was 13. 2013. Mm. Or... Whenever the hell that first Vegas residency was, Izzy played a couple of shows there. Oh. Because, uh... Because I was there for those. And uh, that O2 show in Europe where they uh, filmed it for what would eventually become Appetite for Democracy, the DVD, the first attempt at recording a DVD that never actually got released.
1: Oh, that Um, one that leaked around and stuff with the pro shot.
0: Yeah. It was weird because it leaked. And then after it leaked, they decided to show it on TV. (laughs) All right. And... uh, We'll get into, uh, I'm sure we'll get into some of that later. But if you do get a chance to see the O2 show from, I think it's uh, 20, it's either 2012 or 2013, uh, when Tommy Stinson plays Motivation, there's a guy in the crowd that you should uh, look for. And and that's definitely my favorite part of the video. It's like, uh, it cuts to a guy and you can tell he has, it looks like he's standing up asleep. (laughs) like, Like and everything like, like all these people are dancing around him and he uh you, you'll just have to see it for yourself. I'm sure we'll get to that eventually. Mm. And there ah. it is
1: welcome to the jungle
0: we've made Tell it the all video. the way through yes i i i mean especially for it's time <laughs> it could be Axel. I'm going to hit it before we get into it too much.
1: Yeah. Let's get uh, the lyrics here. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Damn, these are interesting.
0: <laughs> okay, so you want me to do, how do you want me to read these this week?
1: Ooh, I don't know. I was going to say, what, what can we do with these? These are already fucking a r- little raunchy as it is.
4: All right, so uh, let's see. <clears throat> I'm going to do it as Alex Jones.
1: Well,
4: <laughs> you know, folks, uh, listening on Infowars.com, uh, I got a confession. See, I've been, I've been thinking about, uh, thinking about sex. I'm always hungry for something that I haven't had yet. Uh, now, maybe, folks, you got something to lose. I don't know. Well, I got something for you. I got something for you. It's over at infoWars.com. It's the new nutraceutical vitamins made out of 100% protein powder and turpentine. It's going to be great for you. You're going to love it. Only has slight amounts of arsenic. Very little. Hardly detectable. <laughs>
2: it's made <of>, up
4: <laughs> made up of aspirin and chalk and it's going <laughs> to Oh my great.
2: fucking god. going <laughs> to cure Ebola.
4: you're going to cure Ebola and COVID-19. <laughs> now, I, now folks, I can't say that it's going to cure COVID-19, but it's going to cure COVID-19. <laughs> I just can't say it. <laughs>
0: my favorite part by the way the second verse
1: oh yes because
4: <laughs> you know how i loved uh i love the dirty lyrics so yeah anyway
1: axel rose just bringing most uh men's uh sex dreams to life via music
4: i know
0: dude i could see a stripper dancing to this
1: literally i could fuck to this there oh go.
0: yeah any day Okay, <clears throat> this time I'm going to read it like uh, classical literature.
1: Yeah, like 1600s.
0: <clears throat> ah. Panties around your knees with your ass in breeze, Doing that grind with a push and a squeeze. Tied up, tied down, up against the wall. Be my rubber maid, baby.
4: And we can do it all. Oh, she's a corn shucker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, let me ask you something about this song. How long did it take you to discover this?
1: This song? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I first discovered Appetite. It was just it was just a song that was there. It was like whatever, but like then like, you know, music tastes change and everything. You know. And it's it's just there. Like, I'm not gonna say like it's like uh one of the best songs of update. It's a damn good song. It definitely adds to like sh- the, the vibe of the album. And it's a shame that they barely fucking play this song anymore live.
0: I've never I don't think I've ever heard them play this live.
1: Dude, the last time they played this live was like the eighties. Really? Yeah, because I'm looking up right now on Setlist.fm. Uh, it's only been played 66 times. Yeah, and all of these are from like '87, '88. Last time it was played was in '88.
0: Okay. Huh. Because
1: I'm gonna say uh, Axel Rose seen like an hour at his age seeing this about like wanting to like do this shit to women. Like, eh. This is this is way before PC culture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you heard this shit now, it would be like, boom, canceled. He's a rapist.
0: I don't know, man. This could fit in. I think lyrically-wise, this could fit If it were a rap song, they wouldn't get so pissy.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: But uh, to me, I I discovered this like you on the album. I've never heard this played on the radio or anything like that. Oh,
1: this wouldn't Uh, be able to get away with anything (laughs) on the radio. This is like on the do not even bother playing list.
0: Yeah, there's nothing in it, though, that is technically against the rules.
1: It's just like... uh... I don't know, I guess, kind of, I don't know. Well, to say ass, I don't know. Well, it's about sex, but I mean... Yeah, I think just because, like, lyrically-wise, and, like, someone hears this, they would be like, what the, we're playing (laughs) this shit on my radio? (laughs)
4: Lesson, pal.
0: (laughs) I don't know, I love how my Vince McMahon and my Alex Jones are starting to merge together. Yeah. Vincent Jones.
2: (laughs) Vincent
4: Jones. You're fired from InfoWars.com.
0: Anyway... (laughs) Uh, I I discovered this on Appetite myself, and I loved it. I was like, "Man, how have I never heard this song?" I remember the first time I heard it, because like, uh, I remember thinking, "Man, how have I never heard this song before?" Because I fucking love it. Anyway, yeah, it's, let's get back in.
1: yeah, it's a hidden gem off the album for sure. Like a song that like no one ever talks about, just because you don't hear it ever being like mentioned. It's a I it, say it's like a deep cut. It's a good B side.
0: Yeah, I can say that. It shouldn't be a deep cut though, because anybody in the community, it's one of their first legendary songs. Like, I feel like this song put them on the map. Because if yeah. you listen to the interviews and things with the old strippers that they that used to dance for them and stuff when they would play in strip clubs and shit, mm-hmm. this was the song.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that uh, they always go back to. So, like, this song is very significant. I feel like this song had a lot to do with their initial success but what the fuck do I know (laughs) I wasn't there I feel like we got a solo coming up wasn't Michelle a stripper
1: no that was like a friend of theirs or something
0: okay like a friend (laughs) of Slash wasn't
1: it or the band or something yeah Solo.
0: some uh, comments on YouTube. This one comes from Cameron. I can't pronounce your last name. It says, only true fans listen to this side of the album.
1: Yeah, this is, I think, what, this is the R side of the album, if you have it on vinyl.
0: Yeah.
1: Side R. So weird. <laughs> I like that it's unique, though. Instead of an AB, you got a G and an R side.
0: Yeah, it's but unique. it's weird that this lands on the Roses side.
1: Well, it's probably love and shit. I guess. A different kind of way. <laughs> oh,
0: it's about love,
2: all right.
1: <laughs> Making love.
0: I was going to try to read a few different comments on the YouTube video I was listening to. And 90% of them is, man, this song is underrated. Such a great song. It's too bad nobody's ever listened to it. Probably the most underrated song ever. Blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing.
1: No one's listened to it. What well, we just did.
0: Yeah. So, uh, ratings.
4: Let's do ratings.
1: Ooh. I think before we get into ratings, I gotta, there's like some facts here we got to go into oh, about okay. the song. Because there's a little bit of history. This is one of like the oldest like GNR songs. Because this dates back to 81 uh, with like Hollywood Rose and shit. Okay. Yeah, so there's an early version of the song. It was originally titled "My Way, Your Way," and I believe, like on the the Roots of Guns and Roses album, there is a version of this, like an alternate version of "Anything Goes," which is a, like an old demo. Okay. The, yeah, because the drummer Chris Webber is actually credited. He's got a writing credit for the song. The old drummer of Hollywood Rose.
0: Okay, I'm gonna pull up Hollywood Rose and get the. Get that version. We're going to listen to that, actually, in G and Extra today. GN
1: Extra. And then, like, just the thing about how about Slash uh talking about the song, especially like guitar solo, because he does mention about, like, the talk box on there. Yeah. So he says, when I record the solo on it, I bounce back and forth between the talk box and the electric guitar. If you listen to it, the talk box dips in EQ when it switches over, which I think you got to have a really good year to listen to that, maybe on a second take. Um, I didn't know any better because I didn't have one to use live. I remember when we were mixing it, Izzy asked, do you mean to do that? I was like, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Izzy, shut up.
0: <laughs> Look, man, Izzy, Izzy. I, you gotta shut the fuck up, man. Like It, it's, totally... it
1: sounded so fucking cool, man, honestly. Like, just, guy... just shut up and go, go fucking cover Keith Richards. Like, fuck off, man.
4: Yeah, man, you're killing my, you killing my zen, bruh. You're killing
1: yeah. me, Like I just want like a drink. You? You know?
4: Who are you?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we need to have Stoner Slash advertise the CBD next week.
0: It's probably a good idea.
1: That's a great idea. Listen, Doctor Strange is going to be thanking us for that.
4: We'll see how many people buy it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) ratings. Um, this is like a a sleeper song on the album. Like I said, like already, you know, it's like a good, it's a good B side, like a very like hidden gem of this album. I mean, it's AFD. This is like one of the most fucking perfect rock albums you're gonna get, like ever. Um, Yeah. With this though, it's like there's. It's a damn good song. Is it the best song on the album? No. So it's still great. I was the... um great now. I don't, now I don't even know where I'm going anymore. I'm just talking out of my ass. Um, <laughs> no, it it's it let's see, anything goes hang on, I'm trying to look at the track list here. Um No, it's it's a, it's a sleeper song, it's kick ass. Um like I said, it's definitely something good to, you know, have a nice hard fucking to. Like, you, like, depending, I don't know, male, female, if you like to give, receive, whatever, you know. Not my thing to care about. Anyways, but. (laughs) I just shut up. You know what? Four out of five. (laughs) Listen, we're recording this. It's like fucking midnight where I am, and I'm like half asleep right now.
0: Yeah, it is. This is one of our latest. Like, this was like an out of the blue. Yeah. too. Um I agree with a lot of what you're saying. It's a great fucking song. Uh I'm gonna go a little bit higher and give it a four point five. All right. Because it could there are better songs on the album
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but
4: not much better. Yeah.
1: Like the album's fucking loaded. Like just the load in the first like six tracks, you just have bam, singles, 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 holy like shit man
0: yeah so i've always i've always really dug this intro i don't really have to pause it cuz we've heard this enough times that we know what to expect here mm-hmm. I will pause it long, I will pause it long enough to say that we will not be playing the forty five minutes slash live version we're going to be playing the album version that is a decent length of six minutes and thirteen seconds yes. <laughs> what a
3: way to end what a way to end the album you know yeah like, like, yes. what do, you, do you remember the first time because now I think it's it, it makes a difference if not about uh we're old enough to see them play it live uh when they debuted it but you know just as as me i think maybe middle school listening to the cd and hearing uh women uh, oh i should i not get to that
4: point uh, let's 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 okay sorry let's, let's, let's hold until we get further on yeah all right
0: i'm just gonna eat my banana while we listen to it.
3: you're good on potassium today yes
4: <laughs> yeah, i'm great
0: Okay, so Caputo, hit us with them lyrics so we can uh, we can really dissect the, the meaning of this song. Oh,
1: All right, hang on. Sorry, I got to load them up here. There we go. Um, do you want to start from like the first verse, whatever?
0: Yes, just yes, just to where we're at now.
1: Okay, if I say I don't need anyone, I can say these things to you because I can turn on anyone just like I've turned on you. I've got a tongue like a razor, a sweet switchblade knife. And I can do you favors, but then you'll do whatever I like.
3: Iconic, yeah, Those Lyrics right there—they're still, you know, quoted, you know, uh, amongst fans like it's a, a movie quote or anything. Those, yeah. those lyrics, switchblade knife and Tongue like a razor. Like you, like you felt that.
0: Yeah, you—you you really lyrics. don't get lyrics like that anymore. I mean, this is a very lyrically speaking this this is a very well written song.
3: But, uh, and was has Matt Sorm been quoted that that's his favorite song? I don't recall if that I feel like he may have said that. Hold it against me if you want, I don't know if he didn't, but I feel like that's accurate. Yeah, I don't recall either, but I'll just go with it. I think it's definitely Steven
0: Adler's favorite song because every time I see a YouTube video of Steven Adler with somebody's film with him at a workshop somewhere, he's always playing Rocket Queen.
3: Mm -hmm. I gotcha.
1: For reasons we'll get to. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> oh man, poor Stephen. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we know
0: it's coming. <laughs> All right, so let's hit him with that. Let's hit him with that course.
4: Oh wait, you don't get the course yet. That's right, you get a little teaser. Yeah. I'll see you every day in
0: all right pausing it again and and, and this is just going back like i know we're going to double down on what brando's saying we do got to fill in some content here because like this is one of those songs that makes it really hard to do this show because you just want to listen to the song true like, like when it's a good song, it's a song you're familiar with. It, 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 I've said it before on here. It's really hard to do, but um, I do. I do really like the lyric. Uh, oh fuck! I lost my train of thought. It's a million fucking degrees in here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> How um, hot is it? Like, where are you at right now? Like, because wow, it's starting to get cold here.
0: I was freezing outside, but I live on the top floor, so I get. Oh, out. I know that, that.
3: I know how that's like, especially when you're an enclosed uh, studio.
0: Yeah, and since I've I've had to change the settings on my microphone because the auto thing was fucking up our our whole show over the last couple of weeks. So because of that, I can't have my air conditioner on, or that'll be all you hear.
3: Oh, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know about you. I mean, you're probably pantsless already, but you know, <laughs> sometimes you got you got to do it. You know, <laughs> it would have oh, been a good oh, bare,
0: idea.
3: Bare bones, but I I I, it, I think it was the first GNR show that I went to. The show my age was 2002 at Madison Square Garden. So with Buckethead, and I guess nice. I guess went with one uh, a friend of mine. And I remember when Rocket Queen came on, and some just random guy who. Kind of looks like um I, I forget his name. The SNL castmate now who kind of looks like Woody Allen. I forget, I'm forgetting his name. Is it a guy that does Weekend Update? No, 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 no. He's from New York too. It's skipping my mind. He, he as soon as like, just look up a Woody Allen looking SNL castmate. <laughs> Davidson. No, no, not Pete no, Davidson. He's looking I'm, Woody I'm, Allen. I'm gonna. I don't gonna know. I like started New York.
1: I was like, oh, Pete Davidson. I don't know.
3: Uh, some staten island i don't know that's a different new york than i'm accustomed to but anyway if somebody like that came up to me or was like started to dance during the opening riff and he had like a an american um, flag bandana on it's my favorite song i, I think it's my car
0: I just want to say something real quick. I googled SNL castmate that looks like Woody Allen, and I've got to say, Google,
4: you are fucking wrong. John Lovitz should not be the first thing that comes up.
3: No, I just Woody Allen <laughs> in that fucking
4: search. I just want. Okay, that's all I wanted
0: to say. Please continue your story.
3: I mean, that was pretty much it. Just like <laughs> as far as like an experience with Rocket Queen, it brings me back to the first my first concert experience. So that was a. Uh, that was interesting to have that, that song. And I was into Guns N' Roses then, but that was well before, I mean, including the knowledge that I I guess I I have now and I'm still learning about the, the history of this band uh, that that's just an experience that I had. I, and the first time I heard the, well, we're not there yet, but just as the song continues, I'm just like, can you do that in a song? And, you know, you, you can't recreate that live, um, nor should you. It might be illegal, but I'm, I'm talking about that experience. You, you're listening, I mean, chances are maybe the first time you listen to it. However, you, it, whatever the medium was, same way, whether it was CD or uh, downloading or you know vinyl, whatever. You had headphones on. Maybe that was the common denominator. And When you heard the part that we'll get to in your ears, like, what just happened? Like, is my t- dude, why is my tape playing this? <laughs> no, <laughs> I,
2: taped over you know, my. T-
3: <laughs> if it was today, you would think maybe a porn pop-up ad came up while you were listening. To it. <laughs> while no, they no,
0: were no. while they were recording, and then they <laughs> left it in.
3: <laughs> maybe, or I wonder what kid thinks now. You know, if they're first discovering Guns N' Roses now through Spotify, and that that Rocket Queen comes on and. I mean, I don't know if any of you have this experience when you listen to a song the first time, and it's not—it's not usually part of a song, like a yell or something that they maybe they switch the the channels that it's on that makes it sound like it's being yelled at by somebody. And it's your first time experiencing it, so you're like, "What?" Uh, of course, the days before the internet, where everything was spoiled, but first time that like, you hear that in your ears, now a kid would think like, "Did I leave uh, you know, a red tube up <laughs> by accident?" Like, what's going <laughs>
0: Uh, so this should be an experiment on the show. We'll borrow a kid from somebody. We'll, <laughs> we'll let them hear Rocket Queen for the first time and we'll get their thoughts.
3: <laughs> I wonder why no one has ever done that because they've done kids listen to Guns N' Roses for the first time. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be Rocket Queen. It's, <laughs> Give them the fucking welcome, hits. It's Welcome to the Jungle, which usually might be debatable, uh, if it were dep- depending upon the parent. Uh, Paradise City. November rain they do like safe songs they don't they're not gonna do
1: oh yeah I mean I get it too and I get it
3: I'm not criticizing you don't want to traumatize a child but (laughs) you kind of do you could be mine
0: let's do grow the fuck up already (laughs) night train
1: (laughs) you're gonna listen to this grow some hair on your chest
3: (laughs) Uh, turn around (gasps) mommy said I swear (laughs) you said the b word
0: remember kids anytime if you're listening to our podcast right now anytime you hear a swear word jump up and turn around and look at your parents that'll crack us up and then parents you can send your hate mail to our official hate mail only twitter account at ccaputo212 we welcome all of your hate mail we will all read it and uh, be ashamed of ourselves not just Chris.
1: I mean, it's great. It gives me easier access to start blocking people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if anybody's done that as long as I've been making that joke. Uh, Anyway, what I was going to say before I got all flustered a second ago, started talking over myself, was that uh, uh, the line, if you turn me on to to anything, you better turn me on tonight. I think it's probably my my favorite double entendre, if you will. Favorite
1: uh stanza
0: maybe is that the word i'm looking for yeah like a
1: line it's kind of like a little bit that's a little bit of like not really it's a play on words yeah it's, it's very it's a clever line
0: all right let's dive back in you ever notice Axel sounds like he's he's underwater in parts of this
1: I think there's like a flanger sort of effect on that chorus to me. Like After awesome. like numerous times of listening to it over the years, it does sound like a, like a bit of yeah. a flanger kind of thing.
0: And it's a catchy riff right
3: there. So you think of Live Era. Hey, you can dance to this shit. Yeah. Was that Slash who said that? Duff. Or Duff, okay. Duff.
4: Yeah. I stand corrected. Here's your
0: here's your, uh, here's your favorite part here. The part that's going to get us pulled and marked as explicit. safe to talk about uh this this portion now in great detail oh yeah um i do remember i've got a story i'll tell here you know everybody's got that one hot milf they work with uh i had (laughs) before i got older and learned not to do that at work uh i was trying to get with the hot milf at work and she was a big gnr fan also so i was using this to my advantage And me and some friends of mine had put together a small band that never really went anywhere, but we thought about recording rocket queen, uh, just so we had something recorded. We never really played in front of anybody but ourselves, but, uh, we wanted to record something. So we was rocket queen was one of the ones we were thinking of. And, uh, when I told said lady, whose name I'm not going to mention, uh, about this she was like oh man i'd love to help you record that and i guess she thought set up the equipment <laughs> and i was like actually there is one part of the song that you could help me
2: with.
0: <laughs> and at first she didn't get what i was talking about and then a couple of days later it hit her and she called me back i was like you're talking about the moaning part aren't you <laughs> did she
3: agree to it uh
0: eventually we never okay. recorded it but
3: all right, because, um, I mean, yeah, it's part of the song, but if you don't know that, you could be like, you pervert, get away from me. It <laughs> could easily have happened. Yeah, yeah, probably
4: should have been what But that's
3: happened. a badass move. I mean, I understand. I mean, the story's been told by people you know, uh, more experienced than we are within the GNR world, you mm-hmm. know, about Stephen Adler's girlfriend. You know, look it up, kids, if you don't know the, the, the story behind it. But, it
0: wasn't an Axel fucking Stevens girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. It but he
3: was like the band's girlfriend. But I guess... Even, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I wasn't there. I wasn't yeah. there. But the the, they hear that on a song, and especially the ending song. What a choice to, to end an album. You know, you've already kind of, you know, ran the gamut of emotions listening to this uh, arguably greatest rock record ever created. And it's almost over. But then you know rock and queen comes on and then that <laughs> and then you're just like left with and we're not even at the end you know of the song which is another like iconic so there's there's three chapters to it in a way right the beginning yeah. opening rift uh a riff or whatever and then this uh orgasmic middle and then the uh <laughs> the, the ending to it which is just still another you know, great sing-along part you know yeah. too. Uh, in addition to the lyrics, so this is just uh, one of those. I mean, you can you can do this episode another time if you want. This is too long of a conversation, but a uh, Mount Rushmore of Gene R songs. I mean, I think it's arguably up there. I think you'll get a lot of votes for it. Yeah,
0: I could say this is definitely one of one of my favorites. Uh, I I think like you, it really. Uh it really became one of my favorites whenever i heard it live the first time uh is when some things i don't know just felt right because i mean you you get the live experience you don't you don't hear the chick moaning and shit like that but what you do get is uh the end with the emotion and shit let's 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 get to that and we'll discuss that part when we get there We're at the halfway point, by the
2: way. All right,
4: here we go. The transition
2: makes me
0: want to do the overhead clap. <laughs> <laughs>
3: insert michael scott and dwight meme of them raising the roof yeah. <laughs> perfect. your
0: second guitar solo of the night Coming. all right here we go Now here's where we, we pump the brakes and we do a complete 180 on the song, like it goes from being like uh, like we said about Faster Pussycat, a sleazy rock out anthem, to being a highly uh, almost power balladish, sure, uh, very sweet kind of
4: story. Then
3: only and- Axel could do that
1: yeah man this <laughs> is some like interesting storytelling because he like he goes from like, the beginning where he's talking about like how he's hot shit and then you get the whole like whatever like you know sex thing and then this it's like it's almost like it's like a weird like odd like sleazy sunset strip love story in a way
0: Kinda, yeah. I can see kind of yeah that's kind of how
1: i'm seeing it because it's like oh this dude's like you know got all this bravado he's talking like all this all this talk whatever and, you know And, you know, I guess back, back in those days, you know, chicks like, oh, until like the, those kind of like, you know, tough dudes, whatever, that stuff. And then like, he basically caught feelings. Yeah. And then just shit just happened or something, you know.
0: What I like about this when you see it live is, is the, the complete change, like how the light show changes. I know that's a little stupid thing to, to but this little shit makes a big difference to me. And like uh, when the first time I saw this live, and like the whole screen goes purple, and then the lights get dark and shit, while it's going doom, doom 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 doom, and the lights are coming down, and then you get that those purple lights start to come on and shit, that it adds to it. Little shit adds to it for me. And what would an 80s sleazy sunset strip love anthem be without some sort of drug reference? Yeah. <laughs> Our third guitar pick.
4: All right, in the grand finale.
0: This commercial that would have ago. been a great
3: ending. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> oh. I always love, I always love coming out of that song on the radio. Like I, I, it's true. As we're doing a podcast about it, I just really didn't want to do anything other than sit back and listen to it. You know, all time and and hopefully people feel the same energy I'm feeling. You know, listening to that song. You no. Know,
4: oh yeah, and it, then, it wow, is the like,
3: the album's over. It's like whoa. I got to go back. Maybe listen to it again.
4: I never
0: thought, I never realized that the, 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 the mood shift thing happens pretty much exactly in the middle of the song. I always thought it was closer to the end because it feels like it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's like right in the middle. I never noticed that till just now. I guess because I've never been pressured for time while listening to the song to pay attention to that. There you go. But yeah, um, well, let's do our final thoughts and then we'll get into ratings uh brando do you want to start out
3: final thoughts is this like uh kind of what jerry springer does yeah
0: just kind of what's your final thoughts on it and then we do a rating from one to five
3: final thoughts on rocket queen as i, I said before I, I i'm not saying necessarily it's in uh it's on the mountain rushmore of dnr songs but it's in the conversation for a lot of the reasons that we said I know people who aren't the biggest of GNR fans who love that song. It's probably because of the orgasmic uh, opus. It wasn't a major radio hit, even though it does get played on the radio. Uh, I always try to make sure that happened personally, but I'm not that. I was never that big to make a difference. Yeah, like they need me. Anyway, so that's my my final thought. It's great. Great song. (laughs) What's your rating on it? Uh, I, I gotta go. So what was it, Adam? Like five chickens? Oh, whatever.
0: Uh, sure. That's fine. Five chickens. We'll do chickens this week.
3: <laughs> do you change it every week?
0: We used to, but I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, that's usually Caputo's
4: joke. I'm not going to, I don't,
1: I don't. Stop. Yeah. I've been lacking on, I've been slacking on that, but. Just, I got there's, nothing,
3: for there's nothing wrong. I, 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 I hear about it. There's nothing I would change lyrically anything. So I, what would I take away? So it's got to be five chickens.
1: There
0: it is. Caputo, you want to go next? Or you want me to go next?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I'll go next. I mean, like, final thoughts. Like, um, I guess like my history with the song is like when I first discovered G&R younger, I was like, I never really got or understood the song at first, but now really like sort of digging into it and looking lyrically wise and just how it basically tells this interesting like story in like six six and a half minutes, roughly and i do appreciate the song a lot more i think uh slash needs to stop just like playing random shit live for 45 minutes when <laughs> it's, it's like let's get so, it over with you're only stop. about like eight songs into the set bro like fuck
3: <laughs> sometimes i do like that solo on a long drive but i get
1: yeah it you. I, get it. I liked it back in like 92 when you get like a whole little bit of a it tastes good donut and then it goes oh, right it's back the, into have, it. Slash.
3: i gotta use this segue i'm gonna pee in my leather pants if i don't take another break <laughs> so either, either you put your pause in or and i'll be right back so all right here. right <laughs> yeah
0: that's fine caputo yeah please continue
1: yeah um but yeah it's it's a a song that i think over time like i've just grown to like a little more and like at first to me like i did not understand people like a lot of gnr fans like i was like why the hell would they get like tats of like you know, some of the lines from that bridge there. It's just crazy to me. Like I, like at first, cause I didn't really understand like the meaning of that song, whatever. But now it's like, eh, I can kind of see why it does have like, it's a very like sentimental thing. And I feel like yeah. this is, um, it probably, probably going to be, cr- people are going to say I'm fucking crazy for saying this, but it's a little, it's like a little Bohemian Rhapsody-esque where it starts off this, like that fucking Yeah, yeah. And then you get like this, like really weird, like, instead of them doing an opera thing he's doing like a fucking or uh, having a fucking <laughs> orgasm on audio and then it goes into like that sort of that part like uh it's like a reverse bohemian rhapsody i think
0: in a way we like
1: yeah you get the sentimental side where you can be like oh mama just killed a man," and then it goes like basically in reverse side kind of it's interesting like that Where like songs take you on this like wild ride i fucking love it man i can't complain
0: yeah, I I agree completely, man. Uh, I never thought of that before, but do you think if Bohemian Rhapsody never would ha- have, had never happened that we would even have Rocket Queen, at least in this form?
1: Dude, would we even have a lot of songs taking risks in general, like this, or just anything in rock and roll, stuff like that, without Bohemian Rhapsody, would people even know about, would, like, in the recording process of it and everything, like, would... Would artists even like dare to even layer stuff and do like multi-tracking and stuff like that? Just hearing about the whole recording process, just that one song, like yeah. it definitely influenced all of music, not just you know rock or like pop, everything, hands down.
4: I mean, that's 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 a
0: really good point. I, I've never thought of it that way before, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, man, you make a you make a really good point with the uh, with the Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Yeah, I just literally just thought of that, now. I was like, ah, it kind of works in that way, because like *Pimie Rhapsody* gives you like all these—you don't know what the fuck it's about—but it gives you all these emotions, and it takes you on this like long wave of a story. You're like, you kind of think you know it, but you really don't. At least this one's a little more—you could be a little more clearer-ish-esque in a way. But yeah, I would probably—this is probably like the the Bohemian Rhapsody* of like *GNR* not like November rain and stuff that that's in another level. Yeah. Of that. yeah. That's, that's I see what you're it.
3: saying. As somebody caught the back end of your, you know, your analogy, it does make yeah. sense, you know, in, in the way you're comparing it. It starts yeah.
0: out instead of starting out with the emotional shit and then going into the rock and roll, it starts out with the rock and roll and then it, it, it Trojan horses in the emotional shit to, to, to get you. It's how they get you.
1: Yeah. That's how you get hooked, man. Um, but Final Fox this is actually a kick-ass song and I would probably listen to it a lot more for sure. Now, like I don't mind listening to it. You know, it's a, it's, I don't know. There's not much more else I can say on this. What's your rating? <laughs> um, this is going to be a good one. Um, uh, five cucks out of five.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, God, dang, All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go five Steven Adler's, clucking out of five, but like, please, Stephen Adler's been through enough already.
0: Oh, poor Stephen. Yeah, this is uh, and and then he plays this everywhere, and it's he's the oh the unfortunate butt of the joke. Um, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I, I think you guys all made some really good points. I th- I, I also agree. Like the the the, the structure of the song, uh, which is something that we've been we've really been starting to pay attention to on this show lately. Uh, structuring of a song. It doesn't take you where you expect to go when you expect to go there, but it gets you where you want to go um, when you're listening to this genre of music. Does that make any sense?
3: Yeah. I gotcha.
0: So, uh, and then it takes you places you didn't know you wanted to go. Like with <laughs> the whole sex scene i don't think there's another song with a sex scene in it uh not this...
1: to our
3: knowledge unless someone wants to tell us we'll review it
1: yeah <laughs> i mean years later
3: I, the only iconic one i remember is uh, more human than human uh, by what zombie at the beginning of that
0: yeah oh yeah, yeah. the uh
3: then, i mean that, but by that time it wasn't as perhaps controversial you know especially from you know, white zombie, right? It was a white zombie officially that, that did it. Uh, not, not technically Rob Zombie, but...
0: Mm-hmm. I'm uh, not sure. I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to Google it.
3: Either way, like, that's expected from a band. A white yeah. zombie with their look. I mean, yeah, GNR <laughs> were supposed to be the bad boys of rock and the sleaze and rock, but to... I don't know, to add uh, sex sounds, real sex sounds. Uh, ooh, scandalous.
0: and um i will say this here's something you guys didn't notice um technically this is uh this is uh i mean it's it's a big deal because of people advancing in society and stuff but i mean we wouldn't get another woman on the gnr track till melissa reese so i mean uh she wasn't the first after all well, <laughs> if you want to be
3: <laughs> tactical about it, we still had Roberta Freeman and Tracy Amos, and they, oh, Okay.
0: And, okay. Yeah. Good point. Good point.
3: The, yes. Yes. The, the whole horn uh, section, technically, you know, but I, I got you. I know
0: what you. What's mean. uh? What was I her? Know name? you get. Hang on, I got to. Rocket Queen. Yeah. What was her name?
1: Oh, the one. Oh, Stephen Athers' girl was Adriana Smith.
0: Okay. Thank you. So, so like the Adri- song,
1: yeah. The Rocket Queen is like her name's like Barbie or some shit. That's the actual like Rocket yeah. Queen or whatever.
0: Well then the uh the the, 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 the Adriana Smith here is the first mm-hmm. woman to have a vocal track on a GNR
2: record.
1: It's a rather unique one, but it's there. <laughs> it's etched in history now.
3: We gotta update our IMDB. We gotta do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, anybody can update IMDB.
3: That was a hint. That was a hint for you to do it. Yeah, we <laughs> Do will. it. Or one of our um, listeners
1: can do it, too. Let us know. Right.
3: Me and re- Screen re- capture it and say, you know, we're just trying to give you credit, trying to get your royalties. Did <laughs> you she get royalties for that. She should.
4: She should. Yeah.
0: Why not? <laughs> no, because then it would be prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
3: a state law. I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: no because they were filming it or they were recording it so it's not prostitution if you're recording
3: that's how i'm not a lawyer i'm (laughs) kind of good at bird law but that's i i just
1: assumed consent was there i think that's good enough on legal grounds but who knows
0: sure i'm not a lawyer either anyway uh i don't really have much more to add to it either I like I can't give this anything less than five stars myself so it gets a five perfect five across the board we haven't had one of those in a while
1: yeah it's been some time
0: I don't think we've ever had a, a perfect five with a three-man panel have we
1: I don't think so no
0: I always love this intro man it just puts me in such a good mood
1: Yeah, it's good. It's a good intro. Cause then it, like you. Then it goes into like it throws you off for like a loop when it goes into like the hard fucking riff there.
0: It lulls you into a sense of security. Yeah, kind
1: of like the song. There you go.
0: Whoa, shit! I really love the bass riff on this, by the way.
1: Oh yeah, great, great Duff bass riff.
0: Now all of this has been confirmed, right? What like her daddy worked in porno and all that other shit. Uh,
1: apparently, so yeah. So if I'm looking at the um, looking at the research here, doing stuff, so, so songs about a friend of the band, a girl obviously named Michelle Young. Um, she is actually thanked in the cover sleeve for "Appetite for uh, Destruction." Uh, so a friend of she was a friend of Slash's. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so says uh, Slash knew Michelle throughout junior high. She was a friend of Slash's first girlfriend, and according to Axel. Um, him and Michelle were in a car together when your song by Elton John came on the radio, and Michelle happened to mention she always wanted someone to write a song about her, and there you go.
0: You think she? Li- I think she did like what she got. As a matter of fact,
1: yeah, because Axel tried to write some like romantic kind of song, but like it was like totally not about her life. <laughs> and then like he wanted to be completely honest about it. Um, yeah, so like the members of the band were like. Whoa, 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 we can't, like, you know, expose her in this fucking song, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But um, she ended up liking it. So, yeah. There you go.
0: Man. You know, heroin's made a comeback, and I think that's unfortunate.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Opioids and all that shit. Yeah. That's a real crisis, kids.
0: Not shit to fuck with.
1: No, hell no.
4: Look it out! Love that shit. Do you
0: uh, you know when they play it live, or they used to play it live, and Sebastian Bach would come in. Mm-hmm. That part, that shit was dope to me.
1: Oh yeah, that was in oh six. They did that once on one of the first Vegas shows in twenty sixteen.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, when Axel was in the
1: wheelchair. And the Dave Grohl throne. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: man it gets really hard when it's a good song
1: i know because Um, this is a fucking great song
0: but i'm not gonna pause it too much i think we've all heard this a million times enough that we can give a fair rating but we definitely keep, keep listening to it just for the sake of having it fresh on our minds when we talk about it And I think there's a GNR Central video about whatever happened to uh, my Michelle that I recommend watching. So, if you haven't seen that yet, I recommend going to checking that out. Well, my boy Sid, who just recently appeared on the show, that episode's in the archive.
1: Yeah, episode 92.
0: Who covered this? Somebody covered this, did they not?
1: Hang on, I have the Wikipedia article here. It says a uh, song was covered by AFI okay there it is for that punk goes metal thing um, the Dillinger escape plan
0: also covered it
1: in the huh. Guns N' Roses tribute album which we probably remember, should actually look into
0: do you remember when we reviewed that trivia album or that tribute album that time
1: was it the bring you to your knees
0: yeah we should do another one of those I've got like a bunch of them Rick gave me a shit ton of CDs
1: yeah I think we gotta do that for the next episode
0: uh, let's see what we got. Let me go through them first, because yeah. I got to be honest with you. Emotions are still in the car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Michelle. My Michelle, everybody. There it is—the song of the day. We've listened to it. Now, let's review. who you. How you want to do this? You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll let you go. I'll let you go first on this one. I miss the days when we would rock, paper, scissors for it, just so you
1: know. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> I, 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 I always, we always can just go.
0: Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to come to Canada right now. You stay right there. We'll fight to the death. i be right there. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then
1: you're going to have to find someone else to do this podcast with. If you were across
0: the street or something, I would have totally snatched these off and walked across the dam.
1: Oh, my God, Dad, that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> Come
0: busting into your screen over there.
2: Hey.
1: Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we could have timed it, if we would have thought far enough ahead to get somebody else to be the fist. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I would have walked upside and came back in. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, anyway, my Michelle. So, while we review this, please feel free to give your comments and your thoughts. Uh, yeah, bitch slaps you in the face, and then, from then on, man, it's just a fucking banger all the way through, man. I love when I hear that intro, man. I get super stoked, and uh, Man, I just love this song so much. I-, I can't give it any less than five stars.
1: Yeah, I- I'll agree with you. I mean, when I first, like, listened to Appetite, this was, you know, 06, Chris Caputo, like, very, very young boy. I was like... Mr. Really- Wee, lad! Yeah. Younger me, I really care for the song, but over time, I'm now looking at like you know the live versions of it as well, even with like you know Axel and Bach going you know uh, line for line on it, which is really fucking cool. Um, this is a really kick ass song, and I do like like how it sort of leads you into this, like, like you said before, like that. um, What's the thing you said? Something like that, like a false sense wind. of security. Yeah, there we go. That's the line right there. Then it comes in, and just everything just like kicks in so well. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad they went this way with this song because, like, let it be raw, let it be honest. They're trying to make like a love song, especially on like AFD, which is basically about like real sleazy shit that was, you know, there in, like, the late 80s, mid to late 80s of, like, L.A. and that, like, sort of area they were at the Sunset Strip. And this, like, just, like, a lot of the other songs on this album, too, basically takes you into that sort of realm, that element there, and uh, brings you into that, like, that world, that feeling. And it's just amazing, the song. So, honestly, I'm going to go along the same lines with you. Five out of five. It's fucking awesome, the song.
0: And uh, until (laughs) next time, I'm Dusty Bone.
1: And I'm Chris Caputo. We'll see you here next Monday for another edition of Guns Radio.